It says, John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from dinner, he laid aside his outer garment, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist, and he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus came to Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you will have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and that is why he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 12, when, all, when he had finished washing all of their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. Jesus said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Over these next few minutes and moments, uh, we're going to unpack this scripture together. Uh, And I believe that Jesus this morning uh, wants to encounter us right here in this space. That our hearts would be softened to encounter the incredible truth that is laid out in this passage of Scripture. So as we dive into it together, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the incredible gift right here and right now to be in community together. We thank you that whatever we came in here with right now, whatever our story is, whatever we're going through, whether it's joyful moments or sorrowful moments, that Jesus, you look at us and you call us your beloved son or daughter. We ask that, Holy Spirit, you would soften our hearts right now, that we would receive you, that we would experience you, that we would encounter you today, the living God. And we just ask that, Father God, this time would be pleasing in your sight, that you would draw us to yourself. We thank you for your word. In your mighty name, Jesus, all the beloved said, amen. Uh, So here we have this incredible moment with Jesus and the boys on the scene again. They're in an upper room sharing one last time together before Jesus would ultimately go and be killed on a cross for the sins of humanity and rise again to welcome us to life forevermore. And in this moment of what we just read are some of the last words and deeds that Jesus puts on display for all of us to take note of. In some ways, it's like the final act, meaning the importance of these minutes and moments with Jesus and the boys that he puts on full display is of absolute tremendous value for how we are called to live and how we are called to love. And how awesome is it that we get this inside look with Jesus and his most closest of followers. This inside look of how much Jesus really truly loves his disciples, really truly loves his friends, and really truly loves you and I. Verse 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Isn't that just amazing? The God-man, perfect love that moved into the neighborhood, didn't just come and give relief for a brief moment. No, 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 no. He loved them to the end. Deep, passionate, real, heart-transforming type of love. A love that looks nothing like this world. How do we know? Verse 4, Jesus rose from supper 
He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Side note, how incredible is it that last week we read this story about Mary who was taking what was most precious to her and pouring it out on the feet of Jesus. There was a disruption at a dinner party, you remember? Because perfect love was in the room. And Mary, in absolute love and adoration, she comes and she anoints the feet of Jesus and she washes them. And now in this moment, there's a dinner party and perfect love is in the room. Jesus, the living God, the perfect and holy one, and he is washing and anointing imperfect people's feet in absolute love and adoration. As if to say that the narrative of Scripture points us to the truth that our God who made us and loves us is not distant and far off. Is not ashamed of the sin and the mess and the dirt of who we are, but is willing to subject himself to a servant. To a servant washing feet so that we could know him as Savior. So that we could know him as Savior. Why? So the truth of his love and grace could come towards us. So that we could receive the new inheritance that can be given to us as beloved sons and daughters of the Lord God. That is what is on full display in this moment as Jesus washes the disciples' feet. An invitation to a new inheritance. Now you could be thinking for a moment, man, like we, we've been talking about feet a lot up in here at Heart Church. Like it's like a scene from Mr. D's. Like, oh, I like your feet, my friend. Very, very sneaky. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, but I know, I understand. But they have tremendous significance in the biblical narrative. Absolutely tremendous significance. So I would encourage you for these moments. Do not have a heard it here before response. Do not be just like, oh, I've heard this story before. This is when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. I know that one. No, let us rather instead be overwhelmed with what is on full display in this moment as Jesus invites us into a new inheritance as sons and daughters of the living God. Verse 6 through 8, this is what Jesus says. Jesus came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't yet understand, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answers, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Petey, I love it, he changes his mind real quick. Not just my feet, but my hands and my hands as well. Jesus is like, Petey, your feet are the only thing that are needed. But what's behind all of this? What's the significance of this moment? Why the washing? Why the significance of this story in this time in the biblical narrative of Scripture? Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. What is Jesus saying here? He is inviting us into a new inheritance. He is inviting us to be beloveds and walk into our belovedness as sons and daughters of God. To give us a new identity. That in and through the washing of feet, Jesus is preparing the hearts of people to experience a whole new way of living. To actually enter into his kingdom. And this isn't the first time that this has happened. In Exodus 3, maybe you're familiar with the story. Our boy Moses is on the scene. And the people of Israel have been experiencing violence and oppression in Egypt for years. And there seems to be no hope. It would seem that the inheritance of the people of God is all lost. But then the Lord God interrupts that narrative. And the Bible records this in this most beautiful moment of a new inheritance being offered to the people of God in verse 4. 
When the Lord God saw that Moses turned to see the bush, God called out to him and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Then the Lord God said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And the Lord God said to Moses, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So right here, the people of God, Israel, are about to experience a new inheritance. One that is in death in Egypt currently to life by the Lord God in the promised land. But before the new inheritance is spoken, look what happens. The presence of the living God is revealed to Moses in the burning bush and declares, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. What a wild command. Take your sandals off your feet. What's the significance? Before a new inheritance from the Lord God can come into our lives, the old must go. And taking off of one sandal in the biblical narrative is the display of inheritance. That when you remove it and rest your feet on the new ground, it symbolizes the exchange for what was death for the new work of God, which is life forevermore. In Exodus, Moses removing his sandals shows that he is about to receive a new inheritance, the holiness of the Lord God and the blessing that comes with it. That the old is about to go and the old is to be removed and its residue is about to be cleaned. And in this moment, with Jesus and the boys in the upper room, the living God is about to do the same thing again. Declaring, I have seen the affliction of my people. I have seen what you are going through. I know every nook and cranny of your story and I have seen it and I have come so that you could belong as a beloved son and daughter of mine. I have sent my son Jesus to come into the world and to save you, to come and create a new inheritance, to come and bring you a new identity. But before he goes to the cross and dies for your sins, take off your shoes. For the one who is about to wash your feet is holy ground. For the one who is about to wash you is going to welcome you into the new promised land. The old is about to go. The old is about to be removed, and its residue of sin is about to be cleaned. That just like Moses before the Lord God is about to receive a new inheritance for the people of God, Jesus is displaying for us in this moment of washing of feet that the holy ground we are invited into is about to be here. That the kingdom of the living God is about to break into earth. Because our hearts cannot forge ahead as beloved sons and daughters and walking around in an old identity. Jesus, watching the disciples' feet so that they can walk into the new identity as beloved sons and daughters. So they can walk into the grace and the truth of Jesus. So they can walk into the promised land that is holy ground of the kingdom of the living God coming to earth here and now by the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why the scripture says in Colossians, put on the new self that is being renewed in the image after the knowledge of your creator. Or in 2 Corinthians, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Or in 1 Peter, to obtain a new inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, waiting for you. Or in 1 John 3, see what kind of love the Father has loved us? That he calls us children 
of God. By Jesus removing their sandals in the upper room that day and washing their feet, Jesus is showing us that we can have a new inheritance and a new identity in Him. That through this moment, we are invited to receive a new promised land. At the very depths of your heart, is there longing? Is there fear? Is there chaos that needs order? Are there wounds that need to be healed? Is there a love that needs to be known? Come and get your feet washed by the Savior. He wants to give you a new inheritance. He wants to give you a new inheritance. For in the washing, every dirty defilement of our sin can be removed so Jesus can place our feet on new holy ground. That's why the psalmist writes, He drew me up from the pit of destruction and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. And set my feet upon a rock. What's the rock? The firm foundation of Jesus Christ and the new inheritance of His blood shed on a cross for all of humanity. The gospel that changes everything is on full display in this moment where Jesus is washing feet. The gospel is on full display as Jesus stoops into the dust to wash sinners' feet to give them a new inheritance. That you and I can be co-heirs with Christ. The belovedness that the Heavenly Father gives to Jesus, Jesus now gives to us. He extends the inheritance that is His to us. Do you see it? Do you see how remarkable this is? Do you see how wild this scene really is? The King of glory is washing feet. The Lord of lords, the God-man, the only one perfect, the only one holy is washing feet. The same one who earlier John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandal. Jesus is removing the sandals of his disciples and washing their feet to prepare them to walk into his kingdom here and now on earth as it is in heaven. We aren't even worthy to take off his shoes. And the Savior washes our toes. Are you kidding me? This is absolutely remarkable. The King of glory is in the dust, bending down, washing people's feet who would betray him. So that humanity, you and I, no matter our story, can live into the new inheritance that he gives us. This is absolutely scandalous. This changes everything. The other day I was at home and I was watching the ESPN enjoying a nice ice cold beverage. Don't judge me. I was chunking on the couch like I like to do. Uh, and a commercial comes on. And it says, where else is there a seat for everyone? No place like sports. And I was like, hold on. I'm pretty sure that's the gospel. You can't take that from us, ESPN. What you doing? I don't see that in the narrative of Scripture. No. And I was like real frustrated, like actually frustrated about it. But think about it, though. Like maybe you've been to a sports game or something like that, and you see someone who has the same jersey on as you, and you're like, oh, oh, I like it, yes. Like we're just down to roll with whoever. But then we see someone covered in the same blood as us, bearing the same image as us. And for some reason, we don't want to roll with them. For some reason, there's a disconnect. We're all down that they got the same jersey on as us. But when it comes to a fellow beloved, a fellow image bearer, ah, not so sure. Now, I'm not saying that regardless of your opinion or belief or system that you can just be saved by Jesus. No, no, no. you got to come to Jesus, confess your sin, repent, and live into the new inheritance that he offers you. But we must 
have a seat for the world at the table of the church. The church must be the place where all people can be seen, loved, and safe. We must, as the people of God, welcome the whosoever to come and Jesus can draw them to himself. But why is it so easy to see someone in the same jersey as us and agree, but so hard to see an image bearer and disagree? I would suggest, because we as the church, the people of God, we abandon our inheritance all the time. That we leave our inheritance behind because we think that there might be something better. Or that we want to be more relevant. Or that we want to be more attractive. Or that we don't want to cause too much of a disruption. So we keep walking around in our old identity. We keep walking around with no inheritance. We keep our sandals on. Because we think that they will protect us from the pokey path of this life. When they will only ever keep us from the grace and rescue of the Redeemer. Make no mistake, it was sinners around that table that day, but Jesus washed their feet. Moses took his sandals off because he was about to step into holy ground of a new inheritance. Jesus takes off the disciples' sandals because they are about to step into holy ground and be given a new inheritance. But so often, we won't take our sandals off. We won't take our sandals of self off, or our sandals of pride off, or our sandals of insecurity or sin or whatever it is, and let Jesus wash our feet. We won't let him love us. We won't live into our calling and our inheritance and our identity. And we deny our belovedness and in turn we deny the world a seat at the table. Or at least we make it real hard for them to find one. We deny the sinner that's just like you and I who needs to come and experience this gospel that is our only rescue. That there is a new inheritance that is ours for the taking and all are invited to come and have their sins washed away. And my friend, maybe you've been following Jesus for some time now. Just like our boy Petey in the story. But every single moment that Jesus comes to you and desires to wash your feet, you push away from that table. Not my feet. You can never wash my feet. Maybe you know all about it, but you're not receiving it. The inheritance is to be a child of God. But we must remove the shoes of our sin, religion, and rebellion. We must expose the toes. Or like my young friends say, we must let the dogs out. And let our souls be washed. In his mercy, love, and grace. Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Jesus is pointing to the truth of our daily dependence and need for the gospel. Our daily dependence and need for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Our daily dependence and need for the confession of sin. That we so often walk around and think we're good to go because we can go through the motions really well. We can play church games better than anybody. That we don't need a daily dependence of this love and grace and rescue of the gospel. No, I'm fine. I'm just going to keep doing it in my own strength. I got this. And as we do that, we shove our inheritance to the side. And in turn, can never live into the belovedness that Jesus offers us. Yes, salvation is by faith, by grace through faith. Yes, the God who loves us gives us grace and it's not by works. But we are in desperate need for daily washing. We are in desperate need for daily grace and daily rescue to daily come to Jesus and ask him to wash our feet or actually just come to Jesus because he already desires to. The scripture says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That the daily washing is not for shame or for guilt. No, it's for our benefit. So that we would remember just how dependent we need to be upon Jesus. Dependency on his goodness and not ours. 
Dependency on His cross because we didn't have to bear one. Dependency on His power and not ours. A life fully dependent upon Jesus, that's a life fully alive. Because as we live fully dependent upon Jesus and Jesus alone, we live into our inheritance. But if you're anything like me, I'm like Petey at the beginning of this passage. You shall never wash my feet. And we say that in either pride thinking we do not need it or in pity thinking we do not deserve it. Be encouraged. Jesus sits around this table in John chapter 13 with imperfect people just like you and I, full of sin. And Jesus gets up and he lays aside his garment and he starts washing the feet of common and ordinary sin-filled people. Why? Verse 1. For he loved them to the end. So the story of your sickness, so the story of your brokenness, so the story of your wounding, so the story of your pain, so the story of your addiction or loss or heartache, and the truth of our sin is no longer our inheritance. But Jesus is. That we get to receive a new inheritance from the God-man to be beloved sons and daughters. But that in, through, and with Jesus, we are invited to a new holy ground alongside the Savior. And as Peter gets a glimpse of that truth, what does he do, remember? Lord, not my feet only, but wash his head and these hands. Lord, not my feet only, but also wash these heads in my hands, saying, Jesus, I don't want anything that is not you. Jesus, I want everything. I want to be a part of you. And isn't the response of Jesus beautiful in this moment? Peter, your feet will do. I've taken care of the rest. Just daily remember, your dependency upon me is the only thing that will remind you of your belovedness. For without it, without daily moment by moment being dependent upon me, you cannot live into your inheritance and most true identity. And then Jesus... He stoops down and he washes the feet of a man who would deny him three times as he goes to the cross. Perfect love on full display. Do you see it? Do you see this new inheritance that is yours and I's for the taking? It is ours for the receiving. How? Let Jesus love you. Confess our sins to one another and to the God who made us and loves us. And he is faithful to forgive and come and experience a whole new way of living as a beloved. Come and live into step by step with the Spirit, the new inheritance that you are given as a beloved son and daughter of the living God. What does that way of living actually look like? Verse 12, Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. That in our belovedness, in our new inheritance, it is now our role to remind others and wake up others to the truth of theirs. A few Thursdays back, we had the incredible opportunity uh, to have our YC high school gathering. And it's absolutely wild. Like, to be honest, I do not know how we do not burn down the establishment that we rent from every single Thursday. Uh, It's insane, Uh, but my dad owns it, so it's okay. Uh, But we're there, and there's a few hundred high school students, and it's awesome. 
and they get the amazing opportunity to hear about the gospel and have their lives transformed and the Holy Spirit is flowing and then afterwards it's an absolute dance party and Red Bull is just being shotgunned and it's an awesome time. There's high school students crowd surfing on other high school students. It's amazing. Why? Because the posture of Jesus is always a party filled with joy and it's absolutely amazing. But there was this one girl there that time and she was wanting to know more about Jesus. Uh, And someone on our YC team noticed that she wanted to know more about Jesus. And there was this party going on inside. High school students crowd surfing on each other. It was absolutely legendary. It was insane. It was packed. And it it was just going wild. But this one person on our YC team noticed that this girl wanted to have a more of a conversation about Jesus. And she went outside. So our person on the YC team follows her outside. And then she sits uh, on the cold ground. And she listens to this girl tell her everything that she's thought who Jesus was. And none of it, none of it was accurate. None of it reminded of her belovedness. And this person on our YC team got to explain to her the best that she could that she's the beloved of Jesus. Got to share the gospel with her. While there's an absolute party going on, while it looks like that everything that you and I would think is important is inside of the room, there is one person who noticed and went outside. Inside on the cold ground, at someone else's feet and listen to their story so that maybe for a brief moment they would get a glimpse of their belovedness. Uh, That person was Hannah Thomas and you got to hear from her a little bit ago this morning. And it was this incredible moment. That is what washing feet looks like. Is it absolute humility? For sure, but that's not even the extraordinary part of the story. No. That's someone living into their new inheritance and then desiring to share it With someone else. That's you and I actually living with practical and visible changes in our lives. Not just coming and celebrating in this room on a Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, going out and being like, Jesus, who could I wash their feet today? Who could I call today and encourage? Who could I pray for? Who could I invite over for dinner? Who could I just show up in their lives because they're really needing it? Who needs to be reminded that their brokenness is not their story, but there is a new inheritance that they are offered as a beloved son and daughter of the Most High God? That's got to be the church. That's what Jesus is doing around this table with a bunch of sinners just like you and I. Waking up the world to the new inheritance that you and I are offered to come and dwell in the kingdom that is not for later, but is right here and right now making its way into earth. Could you imagine a community that lived like that? Could you imagine a community that had eyes to see lonely people? Could you imagine a community that would wash each other's feet? Could you imagine a community that let Jesus wash our feet? Even better, could you imagine a community that walked around in the new inheritance of being beloved sons and daughters of the living God who absolutely loves us? Fully alive. Because we're willing to be fully dependent upon Jesus. Fully dependent on the truth that this gospel, oh, it changes everything. 